We are so blessed to have every single one of you here present in the house of the Lord. Um, we, we are blessed to be able to gather and just encourage one another and worship together. Just be reminded that there are other believers, there are other people with us. We're not doing this journey by ourselves. Uh, God made Christianity in a way so we fellowship with one another. It's not something that we just learn and then stay in our house, stay in our rooms and just do it by ourselves. And of course, there are certain circumstances that may not allow us to meet, but there is a high value in meeting together and gathering together. Um, Next year, uh, we're praying as a team here and just thinking about what to do um, because we want to gather and we want to make sure uh, that we are fellowshipping, that we are meeting with one another. So we are thinking of just providing a breakfast, providing something to eat and gather together and fellowship every Sunday next year. And also, um, we're going to go through the Bible together, at least the New Testament, and just talk about it. Um, because we do need to be people of the Word, and we also need to be people who gather and meet together. And we're also going to worship. We might have a guitarist, who knows? Lord willing, uh, things are going to work out for that. So uh, we are excited for that. And we might not be live streaming those events, uh, these services. So uh, just be aware of that, those who are connecting online, that we might not be live streaming next year. Um, We just want to focus on building more intimacy with one another, uh, just building stronger bonds with the word and not so much um, with the light. So just going back to this, we may still stream some stuff or put up stuff, upload stuff online, but we are going to emphasize meeting together, everybody being involved, not just one person speaking, but everybody talking about the Bible together, asking questions, also praying for one another and things like that. So there's a big emphasis on that. We could call it the year of the Bible, the year of the people, the year of just coming together. Um, and we could do that as uh, the size that the Lord has given us. God is building the church, and he has given us these people. So, and we have the ability to meet together, meet in an intimate setting, in a setting where we could actually get to know each other, learn about each other, and just love one another. So... That's what's coming up. Pray for us um, so that we take the right steps. If God doesn't want us to do that, then we won't do that. But it seems to be something that Christians have done since the beginning. Very early on, uh, Christians, they, they didn't have all the lights. They didn't have everything together. They didn't have that much structure. And it varied from church to church. But a primary thing that united Christians was that they would meet within homes and just be with each other and listen to each other and be present and read and learn about Jesus. So that's what we will be doing. Um, and today, we will be continuing our study within the the work series. We are finishing it up. We have today and next Sunday. And then we'll be all done with that. Uh, but it's just been so good to look at work. And um, now we're talking about Christians and work. If you have your Bibles, please take it out with me. And go with me to First uh, Corinthians seven seventeen. First Corinthians seven seventeen. <clears throat> this is the Apostle Paul talking, and he is talking to the church in Corinth. Um, and he, the, the letters to the church of Corinth are pretty powerful. 
I encourage you to take some time to read those letters. They're pretty detailed, and the, Paul is just helping the church. Before verse 17 in Corinthians chapter 7, we see that Paul was talking about living with an unbelieving husband. Okay, what are you supposed to do then? And, and that's where this verse comes up. And then afterwards, it also talks about being uh, a slave or, or working for a master. What, what do you do then? So this one verse connects those two verses, and it says this, 1 Corinthians seven seventeen. Let each one live his life. In the situation the Lord assigned when God called him. So let each one live his life in the situation the Lord assigned when God called him. This is what I command in all the churches. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for being with us. I pray that we may learn about you, that you may speak to our hearts, that you may bless us that you may guide us, that you may clear up our minds, that we may continue to see work. I know we've been talking about work for several weeks now, but it is a vital part to what we do. And I pray that today we may see that we are called to what we are doing, called to our work, Lord. Uh, help us. Help us see work in a new light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's a story about this CEO. Well, he was the former CEO of JCPenney. His name is Mike Ullman, and he tells us about a conversation that he had with Howard Schultz. He's the founder of Starbucks, and the conversation was when, was about when um, Mike was offered the JCPenney position. Mike had retired from a long and successful career in reta- retail management. So he was reluctant to go back to, into business. He, he, he had already finished working. He didn't want to go back. He had retired. He got good money. But the Starbucks founder, Howard, told Mike, this opportunity is made for you. They need to put service back into the mission of the company. You're the guy to do it. Mike didn't need the money. He didn't need the experience. He didn't need the fame. But he agreed to take the role because he saw an opportunity to help 25,000 retail employees in seeing their work as something that matters and help them serve uh, people in in this career as a retail employee. So he went to work even though he wasn't interested in the money. He just wanted to help people see their job as an honorable career. In the passage that we read, 1 Corinthians 7.17, we saw Paul tell us that we should live in the life, in the situation that God has called us to, the, the one that he has assigned us to when he called us, when we were converted. Called us. What does that mean? Call. The Greek word is kaleo, and it usually refers to how God calls people to saving faith. He called us to believe in Jesus, to be in unity with Jesus. But in this passage, 
God calls us to the job, to the place where we are at. Let's reread the passage one more time. 1 Corinthians 7, 17. Let each one live his life in the situation the Lord assigned when God called him. It's unnecessary to change what job you have when you decided to follow Christ. Right here, it's talking about marriage. You don't need to leave your marriage, even though your spouse is an unbeliever. You don't need to leave your job. No. You can please God where you are at. Actually, you should see it that God has assigned you to the place where you are currently at. Paul was not talking about the place you find yourself in the church ministry. No, he, he was talking about your job. Tim Keller noted, just as God equips Christians for building up the body of Christ, so he also equips all people with talents and gifts for various kinds of work for the purpose of building up the human community. God has prepared you to work the job you are currently working. As Christians, we should possess this type of understanding concerning our work. We're not just working this job. God has called us to this job. And God did not just call us to this job so we could accrue money or accrue power. No, God has called us to this job so we could empower others, so that we could serve others, so that we could help others. We are supposed to see work as a way of service to God and to our neighbor. Therefore, we are supposed to work in a way that honors God. Work how we work, it can either honor God or dishonor him. We shouldn't think that work, uh, it doesn't matter to God. Oh, it's just a way to make money. No, it's a way that we minister. It's a way that we honor God. It's a way that we serve our neighbor. The question we, we shouldn't ask is, what, what will make me the most money? What will give me the most status? That's not the question. No, since God has called us, this is about God. It's not about what we want. The, the question we should therefore ask is, how, with my abilities, can I be the greatest service to other people? How can I serve others with my gifts and my job? God has created you to serve. He has given you gifts to serve. So you should ask, Am I using my abilities where I am at to serve others? If we look at work as something we do for ourselves, if we work to serve and exalt ourselves, our power-hungry selves will lead to abusing others, to exploiting them, thinking that we're so much wiser, so much better than others. If we work because of our drive, because of our ambition, we will burn out. But if we work 
to serve others, to push something that is beyond ourselves, to be a part of what God is doing in the world through our job. If we work to serve others, then we will be motivated to use our talents, our gifts, our energy, and our jobs. 1 Corinthians 7.17 influenced Martin Luther's view of work. Luther saw calling as one's occupation. This view was against the view of the medieval church. The church believed that all of God's kingdom on earth just occurred within the work of the church. Only work in and for the church was God's work. You had to be a monk, a priest, or a nun to be called by God. Everyone else's job was worldly, and secular work was demeaning. But Luther said, it is pure invention, fiction, that Pope, bishops, priests, and monks are called to spiritual estate, to do the spiritual work, while princes, lords, artisans, and And farmers are called to temporal estate, worldly work. This is indeed a piece of deceit and hypocrisy. Yet no one need be intimidated by it. And that for the reason all Christians, all Christians, you, you, all Christians are truly of the spiritual state. You are doing spiritual work. Just as much as a pastor does, you as an employee in your job, you are working. You are doing the work of Christ. The only difference between you and a pastor is the office, is the title that you bear. We are all consecrated priests. We're all priests by baptism. As St. Peter says, you are a royal priesthood and a priestly realm. The apocalypse says, Thou hast made us to be kings and priests by thy blood. Luther is telling us that we're all God's priests. We are priests in our jobs. By what we do, we serve God. Luther also said that we pray to God, Give us our daily bread. We are praying for everything that contributes to us having and enjoying our bread. Whatever it takes for us to have daily, our daily bread is part of God's work. Luther said you must open up and expand your thinking so that it reaches not only as far as a flour bin and baking oven, but also over to the broad fields. When you're thinking about give us our daily bread, we're thinking about the cook. We're thinking about the farmer. We're thinking about the farmlands. We're thinking about everything. All of that is part of God's work. The entire country that needs the space, the property, all of it, all of the systems that are needed in place to produce that food is all part of God's work. God could easily give you grain and fruit without your plowing and planting. He could give you bread without your work, but he does not want to do so. Maybe think about it, about work this way. Parents want to give their children everything they need, but parents also want 
their children to become diligent and responsible people. Thus, parents give their children chores. The parents could obviously do the chores. They could even do the chores better than their children. I remember my dad. He would give me the chore of mowing the lawn every week. And I would get upset at mowing the lawn because I would never do a job better than he would. He would always do it better than me. (laughs) Yes, he would do a wonderful job. I'm like, why are you making me do it if I'm not going to do a job well done or a job as good as him. I would do worse, and yet my father kept asking me to mow the lawn. Why? It's not so much because I would do a better job, but he was asking me so I would become a responsible and diligent person. Parents give chores to help their children grow in maturity. Parents give chores to build character. According to Luther, it's the same thing with God. What else is all our work to God? whether in the fields, in the garden, in the city, in the house, in war, or in government, but just such a child's performance by which he wants to give his gifts in the fields, at home, and everywhere else. These are the masks of God behind which he wants to remain concealed and do all things. God could do all the work, but he wants us to grow He wants us to be part of the process. Part of work is character formation. It helps us, hopefully works, it should help us think about others more, not just about ourselves, think how we're contributing to something else. As Keller said, you work to honor God by loving your neighbors and serving them through your work. This, this was the mentality back when the British worked during World War II. An author during the time wrote, the habit of thinking about work as something one does to make money is so ingrained. We just think about work. Work is just what we have to do to make money. That's it. But this, this was not the case. I believe there's a Christian doctrine of work very closely related to the doctrines of the creative energy of God and the divine image in man. The essential modern heresy being that work is not the expression of man's creative energy in the service of society, but only something one does in order to obtain money and leisure. We just think that work is something that we just have to get through, get over it. But no, work is a way where we use our creative abilities to push something forward that is not ourselves. Doctors, nowadays, it's sad, but doctors practice medicine not primarily to relieve suffering, but to make a living. I understand that we're all trying to make a living, but it gives us a negative view of work. The cure of the patient is is something that happens on the way. It just happens on the way. We're just trying to make a living, and it happens that we help this patient. Lawyers accept briefs, they, not because they have a passion for justice, not because they want to bring change, but because the law is the profession which enables them to live. They, they win court cases, not because they care about justice, but because they want to make money. So people work for money, not to help society. 
But the author wrote that in war, things changed. The reason why men often found themselves happy and satisfied in the army, why did they find themselves happy in the army, is that the, for the first time in their lives, they found themselves doing something not for the pay, not for the money, which is miserable, but for the sake of getting the thing done, for accomplishing something. During the war, people worked, not for money, but for something greater. And they felt happy. Even if they weren't getting the greatest pay, they felt happy because they were getting stuff done. Lester de Coster, another author, he said, work is the form in which we make ourselves useful to others, in which others make themselves useful to us. We play with our work. God gives the increase to unify the human race. Look at the chair that you're sitting on. Could you have made it yourself? How would you make plastic? How long would that take? How long would it take for you to get the tools necessary? How about the car that you need to bring them? How long would it take for you to make a car? Your vehicle, that was made by somebody else. Think about it. How long will it take for you to make a chair from scratch? Imagine that everyone quits working right now. What would happen? Civilized life quickly melts away. Food vanishes from the shelves. Gas dries up at the pumps. Streets are no longer patrolled. And fires burn themselves out. Communication and transportation services and, and utilities, all of these go away. Those who sur survive, if everybody stopped working, those who survive, if there are some that survive, will huddle around campfires, sleeping in caves, clothed in raw animal hides. The difference between a wilderness and culture is simply work. People are working. And because people are working, we're able to live in a civilized society. Tim Keller said, there may be, there may be no better way to love your neighbor, whether you are writing parking tickets, software, or books, than to simply do your work. But only skillful, competent work will do. I encourage you to love your neighbor. Love your neighbor by seeing that your job is a calling from God. And through your job, you're contributing to society. You're maintaining the peace. You're making sure that we're not living in caves. You're, you're contributing to this peace. I encourage you to love your neighbor by seeing your job as a calling. Don't just see it as a way to get money, but as a calling. God has called you to love your neighbor. And you can love your neighbor by working in a job that uses all of your gifts and talents.
Love your neighbor by giving your job all that you got. If you need to find another one, look for another one that uses all your abilities, but make sure that you're giving your neighbor through your work all that you have. It's not just about the money. Yes, we need money. We need these systems in order to survive, and it's part of the systems that we have in place. But work should be more than money. It should be about people. It should be about others. It should be about character formation. Love your neighbor by giving work all that you have. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for what you have done. And I pray that we, as we are finishing up this series, we're rethinking work. Work is much more than just getting money, getting the bread, Lord. It is about doing your will here on earth. I pray, God, that we may see work in that light, that this is an opportunity that we have to love our neighbor, that this is an opportunity that you have given us so that we could grow as people, so that we could mature and think about others more than we think about ourselves, Lord. I pray that we may find value and meaning within our work and that, Lord, if there's another job that you would like us to work at, Lord, that you may guide us there so we could use the gifts that you have given us, Lord, the talents that you have given us, Lord. You want us to work. You want us to flourish. You want us to bring your heaven here on earth. You want people to be loved, Lord, and we are able to do that through our jobs, Lord. Let us see that. Let us have that mentality, Father, and be with us. Be with us throughout this week. May you remind us the purpose of work as we work this week. Let us not forget. Let us have a healthy view of work. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.